Chapter Seven of the Combined Maze by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Seven. It was after that evening that he observed a change in her, a change that he could neither account for nor define. It seemed to him that she was trying to avoid him, and that he was no longer agreeably affected by her behavior as he had been in the beginning by her fugitive evasive ways then she had indeed led him a dance but he had thoroughly enjoyed the fun of it now the dancing and the fun were all over at least so he was left to gather from her manner for the strangeness of it was that she said nothing now there was about her a terrible stillness and reserve and in her little face once so tender the suggestion of a possible hardness he was not aware that the stillness and reserve were in himself nor that the hardness was in his own face as it set in his indomitable determination to stick it and not to do the beastly thing nor yet that there were moments when that stillness and that set look terrified winnie neither was he aware that winnie under all her terror had an instinct that divined him and understood and as the months went on he saw less and less of her though he was punctual at their corner in oxford street he was always too late to find winnie there he gave that up and began to haunt the door in starker's iron shutter at closing time he had found out that girl clerks what with chattering and putting on their hats and things were always a good ten minutes later than the men he had seen fellows fellows from woolridge's some of them hanging round the shutters of the big draperies to meet the girls by making a dash for it from woolridge's he could reach starker's just in time to catch winnie as she came out delicately stepping through the little door in the great iron shutter evening after evening he was there and never caught her she was off before he could get through the door in his own shutter then it was one evening in august he saw her he was not making a dash for it he was strolling casually and without hope in the direction of starker's and he saw her walking away arm in arm with another girl a girl he had never seen before he would have overtaken them but that the presence of the girl deterred him he followed losing them in the crowd recovering losing them again then they turned northward up a side street and were gone he noticed that the strange girl was taller than winnie by the head and shoulders and that she went lazily deliberately with sudden lingerings and always with a curious swinging movement of her hips he had been close upon winnie at the corner as they turned so close that he could have touched her he thought she had seen him but he could not be sure he was also aware of a large eye slewed round toward him in a pretty profile that lifted itself deep-chinned above winnie's head their behaviour agitated him but he forbore to track them further decency told him that that would be dishonourable the next evening and the next he watched the door in the iron shutter and was too late for winnie but the third evening he saw her standing by the door and talking to the same strange girl the girl had her back to him but winnie faced him she was not aware of him at first but at the signal that he gave she turned sharply and went from him drawing the girl with her arm in arm they disappeared northward up the same side street as before that was on a friday on sunday he called at st anne's terrace and saw maudie hollis who told him that winnie had gone up hampstead way no not for good but with a friend she had been very much taken up lately with a friend you know what she is when she's taken up said maudie he sighed unaware and maudie answered his sigh it isn't a gentleman friend no 
it was wonderful the indifference ranny packed into that little word catch her said maudie she smiled at him as he turned away and in the middle of his own misery it struck him that poor maudie would have to wait many years before booty could afford to marry her and that already her proud beauty was a little sharpened and a little dimmed by waiting on monday he refrained from hanging round the door in starker's iron shutter but on tuesday wednesday and thursday he was at his post and remained there till the door was shut almost in his face on friday he was late and he could see even in the distance the shut door but somebody was there somebody was standing close up against the shutter somebody who moved forward a step as he came somebody who had been waiting for him it was not winnie it was the tall girl he raised his hat in answer to the movement that was her signal and would have passed on but she stopped him she stood almost in front of him so that he should not pass and the biggest and darkest blue eyes he had ever seen arrested him with a strange bending on him of black brows the strange girl was saying something to him in a voice full and yet low a voice with a sort of thick throb in it and in its thickness a sweet and poignant quality please it was saying excuse me you're mr ransome aren't you winnie diamond's friend with a yes that strangled itself and became inarticulate he admitted that he was mr ransome the girl lowered her eyelids deep white eyelids they were and hung with black fringes marvellously thick and long she lowered them as if her own behaviour and his had made her shy i'm winnie's friend too she said that's why i'm here and with that she looked him in the face with eyes that shot at him a clear blue out of their darkness her eyes as he expressed it afterward were stunners and they were queer they were the queerest thing about her that was his word for their half fascinating half stupefying quality are you waiting for her he asked no it's no good waiting for her she's gone 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 home he rallied then what are you waiting for i was waiting for you she said to tell you that it's no good he had moved a little way out of the stream of people so that he was now placed with his back against the shutter and she with her shoulder to the stream as she stood thus a man jostled her more to attract her attention than to move her from his path she gave a little gasp and shrank back with a movement that brought her nearer to ransom and to his side and as she moved there came from her from her clothes and from her hair a faint odour of violets familiar yet wonderful you don't mind my speaking to you she said no said he but let's get out of this first he put his hand lightly on her arm to steer her through the stream there was something about her it may have been in her voice or in the way she looked at him something helpless that implored and entreated and appealed to his young manhood for protection her arm yielded to his touch yet with a slight pressure that made him aware that its tissue was of an incredible softness somehow for the moment while this touch and pressure lasted he found it impossible to look at her some instinct held his eyes from her as if he had been afraid they moved on slowly aimlessly it seemed to ransom yet steering he was steered northward up the side street where he had seen her disappear with winnie it was quiet there he no longer touched her he could look at her now he looked and what he saw was a girl well grown and of incomparable softness she could not have been much more than twenty but her body was already rounded to the full flower of its youth this body was neither tall nor slender nor particularly graceful yet it carried itself with an effect of tallness and slenderness and grace 
in the same way she impressed him as being well dressed yet she only wore a little plain black gown cut rather low with a broad lace collar there was a black velvet band round her waist and another on her wide black hat and yet another and a narrower band of black velvet round her full white neck the face above that neck was not beautiful for her little straight nose was a shade too blunt her upper lip a shade too long and too flat her large mouth red and sullen sweet a shade too unfinished at the edges there was moreover a hint of fullness about the jaw and chin but the colour and the texture of this face made almost imperceptible its flaws of structure it was as if it had erred only through an excess of softness that made the flesh of it plastic to its blood to the subtle flame that transfused the white of it flushing and burning to rose red a flame that even in soaring knew its place for it sank before it could diminish the amazing blueness of her eyes and it had left her forehead and her eyelids to the whiteness that gave accent to eyebrows and eyelashes black as her black hair that was how this girl's face that was not beautiful contrived to give an impression of strange beauty fascinating and stupefying as her voice her voice had begun again it really isn't any good it said what isn't you're hanging about like this it won't help you it won't really you don't know winnie i say did she ask you to tell me that not she tisn't likely and if she did you don't suppose i'd let on i'm giving you the straight tip i'm telling you what i know about her i'm her friend else i couldn't do it but why don't ask me how do i know i suppose i couldn't stand seeing you waiting outside there night after night all for nothing she drew herself up so that she seemed to be looking down at him she seemed with all her youth to be older than he to be no longer childlike and innocent and helpless and her voice her incomparable voice had an edge to it it was the voice of maturity of experience of the wisdom of the world you can take it from me said this voice that it doesn't do a man a bit of good to go on hanging about a girl and worrying her when she doesn't want him you mean she doesn't like me like you as far as i know she likes you well enough then for the life of me i can't see why liking a man isn't wanting him and you're not going the way to make winnie want you oh he had drawn up in the middle of the pavement just to consider whether after all there wasn't something in it you're you're not offended her voice implored now and pleaded that's all right well if you're sure you're not would you mind seeing me home certainly with pleasure she was all helpless again and childlike and he liked her that way best i don't like the streets she explained i'm afraid of them i mean i'm afraid of the people in them they stare at me something awful so horribly rude isn't it to stare rude said ransom it's disgustin as if there was something peculiar about me do you see anything peculiar about me anything i mean to make them stare he was silent do you she insisted poignantly they were advancing headlong toward intimacy and its embarrassments well no he said if you ask me no i don't except that don't you know you're i'm what well oh she became more poignant than ever you do then no i don't on my honour i i i only meant that well you are a bit out of the way you know her large gaze interrogated him out of the way all round i should fancy something rather wonderful something rather wonderful she repeated drowsily 
strikes me so that's all strange sort of it is strange that we should be talking this way when you think why you don't even know my name no more i do said ransome my name is violet violet usher do you like it very much said ransome he did not know if this was cockatry but if it was he found himself enjoying it and yours is randall mr randall ransome aren't you i say you know how did you get hold of that why winnie told me in the strangeness of it all he had forgotten winnie then she told you wrong now i think of it winnie doesn't know my real name my real name would take your breath away oh tell it me well if you will have it stand well back and hold your hat on don't let it catch you full in the face john randall fully more ransome now you know me she smiled enchantingly not quite but i know something about you when he doesn't know that's strange isn't it it was if you came to think of it they had crossed the euston road now and miss usher turned presently up another side street going north she stopped at a door in a long row of dingy houses this is me she said i've got a room here it was awfully good of you to bring me not at all he murmured and you're sure you didn't mind my speaking to you like that i wouldn't have done it if i hadn't been winnie's friend of course not she was not sure whether he were answering her question or assenting to her statement and now she said you're going home i suppose so but he remained rooted to the doorstep digging into a crevice in it with his stick from the upper step she watched him intently and we shan't see each other again he was not sure whether it was a statement or a question shan't we he said it submissively as if she really knew she was opening the door now and letting herself in miss usher had a latch-key where said miss usher softly but with incision she had turned now and was standing on her threshold oh anywhere anywhere's nowhere miss usher was smiling at him but as she smiled she stepped back and shut the door in his excited face he turned away more stupefied than ever for the first time in his life he had encountered mystery and he had no name for it but he had made a note of her street and of the number of her door End of chapter 7 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine